So let's get right to the punchline. Marriage sucks. And I should know, I've been married for almost 25 years. And so today, we're going to do our best to see beyond, and maybe even step beyond the wrong conversation, on the complicated and consequential subject of marriage. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of The Wrong Conversation. Before we dive into the deep and dangerous subject of marriage, I want to invite you to learn more about the show and stay in touch through our website at thewrongconversationpodcast.com. There's much more to what we're doing than just this show. And we do get into that as well as release some bonus content through our mailing list. You can even suggest a subject for the show there as well. For the video lovers out there, you can watch the show on YouTube. And of course, I wanted to remind you how much your interaction helps the show. Any like, share, comment, subscription, and especially review we receive is always very deeply appreciated and helps us out a lot. So, with all of that business out of the way, let's jump into one of our favorite subjects, marriage. So, I'm Adrian Fiorucci. Welcome to The Wrong Conversation. Joining me is my constant companion in these types of conversations is David Peters. We share many things in common, one of which is being married and being fathers and being fellow creatives and even life coaches. It's true. And today we're going to, today we're going to talk about marriage and the proverbial suckness of marriage. <laughs> right. <laughs> and to honor this subject of marriage. I honored one of the great traditions of marriage, and I asked my wife what shirt I should wear. And <laughs> she, she picked out a pink button-down for me. Right, Just there you have it. as, in her words, to bring the point home. <laughs> so. And there you have it. That's great, perfect. So I don't know, uh, I don't know, I, I'm sure that nobody really watching this knows this, but Adrian officiated my wedding. And, uh, and he said many beautiful things at my wedding. He did a wonderful job, and we were thrilled to have him officiate. Um, but then, you know, as I've been married, I've always been wondering that if he was actually going to be really honest, instead of saying all those beautiful things at the wedding, <laughs> if he was going to just kind of bottom line it for me and tell me what to expect, um, I was wondering what he would say if he had a do-over, an honest do-over. So Adrian, Honest do over. If you were standing <laughs> well, up here officiating, <laughs> right? Marriage sucks, but you can't lead with that. You know, you just can't lead with that. Nobody would do it. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, I, that's a great, that's a great segue here. You know, it was an honor to do your wedding, and I think you chose me. I because th I think if I remember correctly, you you, you asked me to do this because you were you were like, I couldn't think of anybody I know that actually honors marriage as much as you like like appreciates it as much as you do and and, um, and I do and I do but that's not because it doesn't suck <laughs> I mean it, it's because it's because it offers a great deal I think and I think part of what I would say if you could be honest in those situations would be that prepare yourself there's going to be moments there's going to be moments. And who knows? I don't even remember what I said, but maybe I did say something like that. But it, there's going to be moments, and they're going to suck. And that's because they're supposed to. They're supposed to, you know? And it's supposed to in that way. And I think that's because nothing. And we talked about this. You mentioned this in the, in, um, the last time when we talked about, like, we were going to talk about this, that it happens with all relationships. Any deep, authentic, real relationship has its moments where it's gonna suck. <laughs> and it's again, that's because it's supposed to. It's bringing you, this is how I look at it, it's bringing you to the edge of yourself. You know, it's taking you to that place where you couldn't do it anymore. Like, like, like this is showing you where your limits are. And that is not always enjoyable and pleasant, but it's important. And I think it's one of, and, and marriage does this better than any relationship that I know. Um, probably because you're so deeply entwined, right? I mean, uh, your whole life, your whole everything. Uh, the next one would probably be your kids, <laughs> right? Well, it shows you it shows you where your limits are, but it also pushes you past your limits. That's the point, exactly. Right? Because because marriage does come with a little bit of 
giving up yourself or your individuality, yeah. but, but mm -hmm. not just to give it up, but to give it up so that you can become more than just your individuality. That's it. Or more yeah. than just yourself. And right. that does require quite a transformation. Right. And that transformation. That's the sucking part. That's the sucking part. And one of the right. things you said, the most, the most memorable thing I remember you saying uh, at the wedding was that, and I forget exactly how you said it, but you said something along the lines of that marriage was one of the best circumstances to, to advocate for your personal growth or something like that. Like you were just talking yeah, about how yeah, exactly. marriage is the structure through which you can move forward the most or grow the most as a human being and um you know as coaches we talk a lot about growth and personal yeah, growth exactly. right. but growth sucks like <laughs> it doesn't the real the packaging the real of growth sounds really good but the reality of growth is that it puts you through a sort of grinder right yeah exactly right it has to tear the muscle down to build it up it's like like working out sort of thing right i mean it just yes yeah no, it's true. That's exactly, you know, that's, you know, in my life coaching, you know, like I consider myself a, a, a spiritual relational life coach. And mm -hmm. that's because of that. And in my mind, too, um, again, it's all relationships, you know, and I don't want to get too broad too quick here. But I, but it's just that I do see it that way. Like it's all interconnected in seeing in order to see yourself deeper, you need to see yourself in the other and in order to do that, you have to step out of the way a bit. And they help you do that. Like they push you right to the limit, your wife especially, or your husband, or, you know, your partner, period. You know what I mean? And that pushes you right to that limit of where you just couldn't see anymore and you don't want to, in a way, right? Well, you're forced to see yourself through their eyes. Yeah. We all carry around an idea of ourselves. Right. I, I don't know who said it or where it comes from, but they said there's three U's, there's the... There's your version of you, there's someone else's version of you, and then there's the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but, yeah. but it's, a great, it's a great thing. But when you partner with somebody that intimately and you spend that much time with them, you're going to see yourself in a way that you've never seen yourself before. Yeah. And you're going to be it, forced to. You're going to be forced to. Yeah. That's the point, I think, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it really is... A, I, I think of marriage as like prison on purpose. <laughs> right? Man, we're people really just trying. <laughs> well, people talk about marriage as like, uh, people say uh, that marriage is like a box you put something into. You put, you put things into. Like it's a box you use to, to collect things in your life, right? Yeah. But I think, okay, so you're putting yourself in a box with somebody. And you're closing the box in, in a way. Yeah. And, in and a way. so it is like a prison. But it's a prison on purpose, yeah. right? I mean, you, you do it for good reasons, but it is like a, a prison. And so <laughs> when I think of when somebody says, well, what advice would you give to someone getting married? I think, well, who would you want to share a prison cell with for the rest of your life? <laughs> You're right? killing me with it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be too, <laughs> too harsh. No, about I love it. it. But it's true. It's like what, you know, any relationship you're in is going to have its problems. So yeah. what problems are you willing to have forever? Right. You know, this brings up a, an interesting thing. You know, I remember when we first talked about, like, maybe this topic, I think I brought it up, and I was saying that it wasn't going to be fun. That was kind of what I was trying to point yeah, out, yeah. right? And yeah. I think you said, well, you know, I think most people know it's not going to be fun. I mean, there's lots of work that comes with marriage, you know, and, and I think that's true. I'm not always sure that we give enough credit or that we... We think clearly enough about the fact that, that if we're going to do this, we are actually signing a contract, so to speak, for growth. If we want a good marriage, that, that's yeah. the thing, right? And part of what I was going to get at here with this, too, is the fact that if you ever notice, and this is a cliche, too, right? But we're always attracted to our opposite. It's almost always yes. true. And that's yes. because that person is going to do that they're going to set up those, that sets up those parameters, right? For difficulty, you know, and, but you love them, but they drive you crazy, but you love, you know, and that whole dynamic is what helps you 
discover your edge, right? Your limits and then helps push beyond those things for both of you. Opposites attract and, and that's Opposites good for you. That's exactly. good for you. It's but not it's not an fun. Accident. But yeah. it's not fun. No, it's not fun. <laughs> no. But it's no. good for you because because then you have because in a relationship they talk about two people come together to become one. Mm-hmm. But if you were both the same, then then you really just copy each what, other. What's accomplished? Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing accomplished. But if you put two opposites together, then you have... I talk about this a lot in parenting. If I'm talking yeah. with people about parenting, like if I'm giving a parenting talk, I say, you know, now you have two... Spe- the fact that you're different as parents, because a lot of people fight about how to parent. Oh, yeah. And, and I start by saying, good. Good that you see it differently and good that you have different impulses because now you have two specialists instead yeah. of two generalists and and therefore yeah. you create a bigger whole and i think right. that's why opposites attract yeah you know but then you are like i said prison on purpose you're you're locked up with someone who's kind of your opposite for life yeah so you are signing a contract it's something that you you said this to me when because uh, we were talking i was talking to you about something in my marriage you know and i was telling mm. you this this thing sucks it's hard yeah and and you said yes but you married her on for a reason right and the reason was exactly what you just said because i wanted to sign a contract for personal growth yeah and i trusted that that my wife was the perfect person to enter that contract with yeah because she and was you were very conscious it. of it that's where you're lucky. Yes. Not everybody yes. is so conscious, right? They just feel like they've fallen in love. There's whatever. There could be a million little things that they, you know, they like the same music and the same movies. And, you know, and this is a reason to get married, you know. I mean, some people, it's... Uh, but I think if we went in with that expectation, we come out a lot better, right? 25 yeah. years later or something like that. I think that focus, which I think, like I said, I think you were very conscious of. I remember... The conversations before you even got married, but but I remember that conversation you're talking about, you know. I that was the thing I was most conscious of because my relationships before had mm. been more about an, an instant chemistry and yeah. fun and and experience, just a heightened experience. I was just looking for partnerships that that I don't know were were super colorful and and big and bombastic and well they all crashed and burned and. You know, or in the periods I was without a relationship, you know, I, I just knew I was spending all of my half of my free time when I was single was just being spent trying to find a relationship or trying to meet right. people or trying to prepare for a relationship or trying to cure loneliness and and that took a lot of energy. And then when I was in the relationships I was in that were more about chemistry, then they weren't they they were failing catastrophically, you know. In the end, I mean, not, yeah. I was with good people. It wasn't that oh, the of people, course, right, right. But it, but it was just that that it was built on, it was built from the air, as I like to say. You know, it was just it was yeah. just it was just built from nothing. And uh, and so, right before I met my wife, I I thought to myself, let me try something completely different, and let me think about compatibility over chemistry. Let me just, let me follow a different instinct. I didn't want to just choose somebody based on what was on paper. I still wanted some chemistry. I still wanted of a, course. A, yeah. a belief, but I don't quite know how to say this, but there's different levels of chemistry. We talk about different layers of the conversation, like the right conversation, yeah, yeah. just because conversations on any topic can come in layers. Well, your your intuition has layers too. And... I was following a more surface part of my intuition early on. Sure, right. I was basing it on just more immediate things. The sugar hits. Yeah. Right? There was depth there. I don't want to say it was just the sugar hits. I know, I know. But but I just hadn't been humbled enough. I didn't have enough experience to really know. But eventually, I was beat up enough to say, okay, I have to listen to something that's at least a level or two deeper. Yeah. So, and those voices are always quieter. They are. Right? Yeah. But they always have better things to say. So, if you mm-hmm. quiet yourself and listen to the next layer of intuition, what do I really need? What really works for me? Not right yeah. now. What's going to work for me in five years? What works for my family? What works for my friends? What works for all these things? And then see who comes in front of you and shows up. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, that's why it's like the deeper question thing that we talked about once, right? The deep questions are like anchors, right? Mm -hmm. so, so looking for something deeper as you're approaching a relationship, you, you know what I mean? If you're starting, and that's where my wife and I, we've had some hard, hard times. I think anybody who really knows us knows this is true, whether it's in our finances or our circumstances or with each other. I mean, all of that, right? But for whatever reason, and I guess we wouldn't say whatever reason. I mean, it was something that I always prioritized in my life. My wife was prioritizing in her life when we met was the depth, was spirituality, to put it in a very general term, right? Like we mm -hmm. really, that was incredibly important to both of us. And that's where we really connected. And because of its depth, because of the depth that comes with that sort of focus, um, it's always helped to anchor us and refocus us whenever we get, does that make any sense? And that sounds like what you were trying to say too. You didn't use that word, but I mean, it's more like you're, you were thinking, I gotta think about something deeper here, right? Like, what's gonna last? What's gonna matter 20 years from now, right? In, in my life and with this person. I started thinking in terms of, of do we serve the same God is the way I say it in my head. I remember you saying that, yeah. Do we serve the same God? And I don't mean God in a, in a, in a directly religious way. In I religion, just mean, right, right. What are we after? What are our values is the way that people say it most typically. Right. But, but everyone's serving something. I, I mean, uh, this is a, that's a whole other topic. But I just believe that <laughs> right. we are always acting in service of some idea or some motivation or something. Right. And so what I wanted to do was set myself up to serve another layer deeper than what I was currently serving. Yeah. So so I think I I chose <laughs> like I chose. I guess we chose each other, but but my wife stood out to me because we served the same God or we wanted to serve. I, for me, I think maybe she was, but I wanted to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I've married up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was, uh, when I was in college, I had a calculus professor that, that would, uh, I don't know, when he could see people were glazing over about the calculus, he would start to hand out relationship advice. And, or he'd ask a question. <laughs> and if somebody got the right answer, He'd be like, oh, look, Robert over here got the wrong answer. Uh, Susan, look at Robert. He got the right answer. Marry up. Marry <laughs> up. Or, no, he said breed up. It was even more crass than that. Breed <laughs> up. Like, like if you're going to make kids, make kids with Robert because he got the right answer or vice versa. You know, Susan got the right, right. answer. So Robert got, you know, and he would just, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, marry up or breed up. But, um I, I remember in my wife, I saw things I wanted to be. Yeah. Right? And I saw things that I had to offer that I knew she wanted to be. Yeah. It, but the opposites attract, right? So. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, the same yeah. thing for me. I don't think it was as conscious. I think I mentioned this last time too. You know, things happen quickly in our relationship. So I'm not sure it was definitely more intuitive. You know, it was very intuitive, our, our relationship and how we fell in. But it wasn't, it didn't take very long at all before it was very obvious how different we were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, in the beginning, you just kind of glaze over it. Yeah. Right? You, you, yeah, it's, it's fine. I love her. She's the greatest thing in the world. You know, <laughs> this isn't going to, that doesn't matter. This isn't going to matter. I, we're going to get through these things. And we did. But I, wow, they mattered. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, these differences mattered and, and they sucked sometimes. I mean, they really were hard. Are. They're, they're not over. I mean, we're different. Yeah. That well, isn't over. on purpose. Forever. What problems do you want to have forever? That, that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing that just to get detailed and personal, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, might, maybe hopefully it's interesting and useful. The thing that my wife offered me, and I've talked about this in many of my own videos, is that she was much quieter than I was. And it was such an interesting thing because I just trampled all over her for the first 10 years, David. <laughs> right? But then slowly, thanks to her patience, thanks to her endurance, mm -hmm. I got to see that, hmm, you know, first of all, that's not so great. Uh, second of all, there's something else here. You know, like in other words, there's some serious value to the way that my wife is. Where inside of me could that live? Let me look in there, you know? Most beneficial thing I have ever done in my whole entire life. And I learned by example from my wife. That's what I'm trying to share. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, you know?
Well, that's the opposites attract. I mean, our stories are the same because we're the same. We're both we're both kind of talking machines, right? And then, <laughs> right. Exactly. And then my wife was super quiet. And um, I remember our first two dates. We took our first two dates were both six hour walks. That's a <laughs> you lot just shared of this with me when I was yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And the whole time was pretty much me talking, trying to. I was. It was my way of inviting her into a conversation, but but I hadn't realized the subtle skill of actually asking questions. <laughs> I was used to talking with someone like you, where I say something, there's a back and forth. It's just it's automatic. But with her, it wasn't automatic. But now, even before our talk today, I, you know. Because she won't say much. I'll talk about this subject for four or five hours. She'll say four or five things, maybe, over those hours. But they're yeah. always profound yeah. things that, that awesome? I wouldn't think of. So now I right. asked her before I talked, I said, I said, will you tell me what sucks about marriage? And instantly, she just drops three things in my lap that I'm like, oh, <laughs> what a beautiful point. But, it, but before, I wouldn't have thought to ask. And now I've learned to ask, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've learned to get yeah, quiet a, and sit yeah. and wait. Sit and wait. That was a. I think that's kind of what you were talking about. Oh my Shut goodness! Shut up and sit right. and wait. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like well, you said it's quieter too, right? Like 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 the mm -hmm. still quiet voice has the deeper intuitions, the deeper wisdom. Well, our wives sort of uh, they're sort of archetypes of that. Yeah. In a way, they really are, and it's uh, it, it, how lucky are we once we appreciated it. <laughs> but that, you know, this is part of the whole thing. I mean, this is part of the whole thing. You know, I, I want to interject, too, that one of the reasons I believe that marriage, out of all relationships, besides maybe another one, but we're not going to get into this, has the highest potential for this sort of, um, this sort of output, if you will, right? This sort of growth, this sort of experience, is because of the commitment and the level of commitment and the public commitment, like that word commitment mm -hmm. has a lot to play in why it has such potential for power, I think. Now, we can throw that commitment under the bus quick these days in our, in our society because, you know, we can get divorced really pretty easily and nobody judges it much anymore and all that. But even that still, I mean, that commitment forces us to stick through the suck just a little bit more, right? Uh, that's what I think. And it's worth it. That, that's my point that I want to say. And commitment really paves the way for that. I, I think commitment is a really wonderful gift in any relationship, you know. It's worth it if you can go somewhere with it. This is, a, this is what's tricky because I've seen oh. people make that commitment. And so, yeah, okay, they si they've signed the contract for personal growth. But if, if one or the other or both aren't ready for it. Right. It is just a prison, right? But, but it is good. What I mean, I think that you and I love our marriages, even though they suck, because <laughs> because the suck has equaled growth. Yeah, right. Not all marriage suck does equal growth. I mean, sometimes you're just trapped. There there are ways to do it wrong. That's true. And Absolutely. I think that's part of why this subject is really interesting, and and part of why it's good for us to talk about it is because I. I think we have a little bit of credibility on how to at least make the most out of our marriages and use them for growth and then love our marriages, right? So right. I think that, that I don't know, sharing whatever we think, uh, just, just by sharing our experience here and sharing our perspective, because again, like we said last time, it's not about tips and tricks. No, you know, right. there's a lot of marriage tricks and tips, you know, I can give you a list of a hundred of them and they're all true, but... But it's a process that you want. It's a it's yeah. a it's a it's an orientation toward truth or toward the marriage itself. I I I always like to think that you know some people say you have to you have to fight for yourself or that you should just serve your spouse. And I say no, advocate for the marriage itself. And if yeah, you can do that, that, it will advocate for you. Whatever that means. Sometimes advocating for the marriage is advocating for yourself. Sometimes it's letting go of what you need. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's, right? But, but if you think of the, like you said, the commitment, if you really are signed up to the commitment and you really understand that, that the suckiness is an opportunity, then it can pull you forward, right? If you advocate for the thing itself, the institution itself, then it will lift you. Like it will advocate back for you. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, 
The one thing I would say too is that not all marriages are meant to last, right? Regardless of the commitment. Like that was what you were pointing out. But it will still be the greatest vehicle for growth that you've ever experienced. <laughs> yes, even if it fails. That's it. <laughs> even if it fails. And it has to do with that commitment still again. That's the only thing that's really different. You know, that level of commitment. My dad says something to me and I, I kind of... I, did, I, did, I, I don't know. I don't know if I had an opinion at first. But, but you know, he, he started out as a very uh, unspiritual person, like, like mm-hmm. an atheistic, you know, a kind of devout atheist. And now he's a devoutly religious Mm-hmm. Right, and he's been through several marriages, <laughs> but he now has a very successful marriage. So, so from his point of view, he says, he says you can't have a successful marriage without, without that spiritual relationship, without placing yeah. something above you, without committing yourself to something above your own ego or or the the simple services of the self. Yes, because you have to let go of yourself a little bit. You ha- By the way, that's how you get in the present moment, you know, I mean, to put, to put cliche words to it almost now, mindfulness, right? That's what that is, stepping outside of yourself for a minute. And this doesn't mean set down all your needs or wants or anything. It's not what we're talking about here, actually. It's just let go of the story for a moment, be present. That's the only time you're going to really see your partner. I had this, and sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes they just radiate when that that happens. The radiant, I should say, right, when that happens. And sometimes it's painful. Like I remember one time that that happened for me in, in my relationship that what I saw was that how horrible I had been in a way. You know, because I took a moment to step out of myself. I saw my wife. I saw the pain she was in. Not e- Anyways, I saw the pain she was in, and that made me reflect, you know, or it was a reflection, if that makes any sense, right, of the fact that I had been very closed to the fact that I was pushing this subject, and it was painful for her, you know. But it was only when I was st- stepped out of myself and saw her just saw her clean not in a marriage even funny enough not even in a relationship it was just here's a woman she seems to be suffering a little bit you see what i'm trying to say why oh it was very clear you know (laughs) you just you just kind of hinted at something i think is really deep and we might be going way off the rails here but but uh you said like you didn't even see her like as your wife you just as a as a woman Mm. that's something that really happens in a relationship is you start to have a relationship with the, the, the title or the, or the identity of wife or the or, habit, as we've been saying a lot, the habit the, or, or your idea that. of what wife and husband are, or, yeah. you know, also people tend to relate to people, how they affect them, you know? Yes. So, so, uh, you know, I give something to my wife that that she relates to and that's how she thinks about me. But there's another 90% of me that may just not be involved in that interaction that's still there and same with her. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in the habit of how we see each other that we forget that there's a a person there. You forget to see that it's a complete human being in front of you and you just get so used to how you see them that you forget that there's so much more than you see. Yeah, we're bringing it home already again. Like this is real. This is great. No, I mean it in a good way. This is beautiful. This is super important. And by the way, not just the wife, the child, the coworker, the cashier, right? Like friend and the flower. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why it's all. That's why I love the subject. By the way, relationships and relating and that, Mm -hmm. because it's all connected like that. You know, and and. We do that with everything, is all I'm saying. And it is, it is detrimental, even selfishly. It makes things simple, like we, we talked about last time a little bit, and there's some sort of necessity to that in our lives. We can't constantly sure. be looking fresh. And, but, but it is important to take time to do that. You know? yeah. uh, I think this is what meditation brings for yourself a little bit. Like you sit there quietly with yourself and you get to experience yourself a little fresher, like letting go of all these thoughts, all these stories, all this, and you get to find yourself a little bit in a similar way, if that makes any sense, you know? Well, that's what happens when you get quiet. 
all those yeah. all those quieter voices start to get heard. You start to hear all kind of things you never heard yourself say before. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of them are shocking. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are downright frightening. The more in touch with like this giant massive void you are, where where there's no solid ground anymore. You know? Yeah. That's what scares and a lot of people. Even in meditation. Back to that. But yeah. Even in marriage, because because it, it's going to force you into these moments where you're going to be forced into situations where talking over the person isn't going to work, arguing, defeating yeah. the person. Man, you want right. you want a bad strategy for marriage. Try to defeat your partner in an argument. <laughs> <laughs> try to try to be married to a defeated person. Try that for about person. five years. I won every one. <laughs> because right. what is a defeated person a defeated person doesn't agree oh, with you they're just too right. scared to speak up or or they believe it's not worth it to speak up and they're just resenting you and that's building and they're building into a quiet monster yeah you know so either they are defeated and they're not the partner you want anymore or they're quietly building into a monster and they're gonna get there one day the the pipes are gonna break right the, yeah. the seal is coming off and all hell's gonna break loose so so it's going to build up and, and until you're you're gonna be forced into those moments of growth or, or else the thing's just gonna fall apart if you don't want to grow but like you said yeah. at the very beginning you're gonna be pushed up to your limits and beyond your limits and you're gonna reach a moment when the only way through is to just sit and be quiet and let it come at you the silence yeah. the pain the fear, whatever it is, uh, right. the regret, the the sorrow, the misunderstandings, the, right, right, exactly, everything. It just am, and just sit in them, you know, and accept them willingly, as we talked about. Willing, last time. yeah. Well, willingly is the biggest part because if you're yeah. if you're just, I mean, you're gonna, they're coming no matter what, right? Right. Right. And, and your willingness makes all the difference between whether your marriage moves or it dies. Right, yeah. it's either going to grow or it's going to die, and right. willingness is that dividing line. I think between the two, I think so too. You know, we've talked about that. I think the first one, the first episode, but vulnerability. It has to be talked about here as we're talking about this. Absolutely, right, this is what yeah. we're avoiding most of the time. Right, we're avoiding that mm -hmm. vulnerability, that 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 squishy spot, like you're talking, where you're just yeah. there's no ground in a way. That's what vulnerability feels like a lot. Vulnerability is only actually useful, if you want to use that word, or powerful, offers the power that it has, the potential, when we willingly experience vulnerability. You know, yes. like when, when you experience vulnerability and it just happens and you tripped or you said the wrong thing and you're embarrassed and you felt really invulnerable, really vulnerable and everybody's laughing at you as a silly example or something, and you walk away and you're like, oh God, I wish that never happened and I didn't, you know, blah, blah. Nothing's going to be gained. Because you, it didn't happen willingly. You didn't open yourself to that experience, you know. That's a different experience than a relationship experience, but it, it's a similar feeling, right? If you're having that experience with your partner or your child or whatever, I know, I know my dad really suffered with or struggled with this because he could never admit he was wrong. That was an inability to be willing to be vulnerable with me, and it... And it harmed our relationship to some degree you know i remember because i realized i was never going to do that at some point right like if i was wrong and i saw it with my kids i would admit it well you can't that shows you're weak you know no 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 no. it's important you know well there's a big important. difference between weakness and vulnerability and, and people often yes. mistake the two for being the same thing that's right weakness exactly. doesn't doesn't work very well <laughs> yeah right it just doesn't it, but but vulnerability does but it takes a great amount right. of strength to be vulnerable to be willing and to be vulnerable. willingly willingly yes, exactly yeah it, and it i was on a call once with a friend and, and and they said you know uh i'm reaching out to you just to talk because uh you've had some success uh where i would like some success and i'm looking for some advice you know how did you do it what, what are the mechanics and i was like I, I don't know what the mechanics are and i don't really have any I don't have a rule book you can follow, but I know that when things don't work, it's because of my orientation. I'm serving the wrong thing and my posture, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm walking into it in the wrong way, maybe too proud or, or too sure of myself or, you know, too ignorant, too arrogant, something. So, so that all I have to say to you is, is orientation and posture, you know, and, and the orientation Bring it home, is baby. You're bringing truth. It home. 
<laughs> yeah, the orientation yeah. is truth and the posture is humility and 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 willingness. But humility yeah. and willingness I think are are very similar here. Right? Yeah, and humility is a great word too because humility doesn't mean wrong, doesn't mean you're wrong, right? Like to be humble doesn't actually have to mean that you were wrong and you have to admit you're wrong or but it has to do with your posture. Your posture right? it's not to be giving willing up. to hear yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not putting yourself off. down. It's none of that. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I love, by the way, I, I, I want to emphasize it because you've mentioned that word many, many times. I don't know if I've ever told you how much I appreciate it, enjoy it. Posture. There's something, it's a nuanced word in a way to me, for me anyways. Is, when I hear it, you it say is, that, I love it. It's great. It has to do with, uh, it has to do with the way that you're approaching something, you know? the perspective almost or all of that is kind of wrapped in that and i think it's uh yeah. really yeah, useful what, what posture are you adopting as you walk into the conversation i mean we're talking about this is the wrong conversation well a lot of times yeah. the wrong conversation is wrong because of the posture you adopt when you start it yeah are yeah, you going in exactly. to defeat your partner right recipe <laughs> for disaster first of all <laughs> good luck you probably chose somebody based on the fact that you can't too easily defeat them uh, that's probably one of the reasons why you like them uh and, yeah. and then also if you can do it do you want what's left over like i said before so that's why those conversations are wrong but if you adopt the right posture and, and it's it's easy it's the things that everyone says it's humility it's gratitude right it, it's serving the thing that's above you Whatever that is, serve the relationship, right. serve the right God, serve the, like you're talking about, serve the, serve relating itself. That's what you're armed with when you go in, because like we said, in marriage, it's, it's going to, there's plenty of time for the worst of you to emerge and the worst of your partner to emerge. And there's plenty of circumstances that are going to push you to your limits and push them to their limits. And you are going to meet the darkest side of you and the darkest side of your partner. And how you meet them and the posture you adopt when you meet them will decide. What's the Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones movie. I think it was The Last Crusade uh, with uh, Sean Connery. I don't know why okay. I've always... I don't watch a lot of movies and I always have these movie references. <laughs> go for it. Go. Go. But... But but this is a this is a religious this is a religious statement. They they come up to this big uh, uh, cliff, big ravine that they have to get across. There's no way to get across it, and so they're reading the clues on the map. And it says, "Only a penitent man will pass," or something like that. Yeah. Or, or there's something. I could be. I'm screwing up the movie and I'm screwing up the the thing. But only a penitent man will pass, meaning get down on your knees, be humble. And he gets ah. down, and the blades go over his head. And then there's yeah. another one where he's sitting on the ravine and then there's something about faith and that he has to step out into the air only to discover that there that. is something holding him one. up. I remember that one. I remember that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. so some, mix those two together and you have my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here we are into the, another thing. Like I, I have what I call the relating spiral. I created this, I think it's six-part thing, you know, and commitment's a big part of it. And faith and hope is a big part of it. Right? Like having faith is a really in your partner, in yourself, in the institution of marriage, if you want to call it that too, right? That's it, it almost sounds like commitment again, but it's not. I mean, faith is the act of of believing in something that is yet unseen, right? I mean, that faith is that we're gonna make it to 40 years or whatever the, the, the you know, you know, you know, we're gonna be married for 60 years. And uh -huh. and so the, the point about faith that's really important, in my opinion, is twofold, right? One, that it's incredibly important. Like, like you have to have that. Because if you don't really, and I've seen this, you tell me, I've, I've worked with people that that's what we have to work on. Like, a lot of times when people come to us for relationship issues, right, David, it's, it's usually pretty dire. Like, people don't do it until it's like, somebody said yeah. divorce, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're right? at the end. They're at, they're at the, the end. end. And so yeah, they, yep. they come to you and they're like looking for help, you know. And one of the things that a lot or often one of the things that I feel like they need to work on is that level of faith, right? They've become habitualized in their history with this person. So they see this person and they say, they're never going to change. Nothing's ever going to change about this. Or I'm not changing even, right? Yeah, well, yeah. in order to start working past that, you have to have some faith that you can. And here's the tricky thing about faith. You think that once you have faith, you're not going to have doubt. No, you're still going to have doubt. 
<laughs> this is the vulnerability part of it too, right? If you don't have doubt, you don't have faith. I mean, you have something else. You have certainty, as they say, right? Like, so, so faith isn't about not feeling that uncertainty a bit. It's just putting some hope or some faith into the fact that we can into the fact that you can do it, that they can do it, right? It's an important element to that. And that is, does this make any sense, what I'm trying to share? It does. I Yeah, not blind faith. You don't just want to like... No, nope. no. Nope. You don't want to give up your responsibility. You don't want to just trust that it'll be okay and shut your eyes and sweep stuff under no, the rug. No, no, that's definitely not what I'm talking about. Right, right. but you want to have faith that if you genuinely give it your all, not that it's going to make the marriage work. And th this is really important, I, I think. that Not that you're going to save yes. the marriage. Important. But that, yes, that, important. But that you are going to grow and that things are going to move forward and not, not backward. That it's, going to, that it's going to go, that it's going to be good. Yeah, this comes back to that thing yeah. beyond yourself thing, right? Like, like in other words, mm -hmm. for the marriage or for personal growth. And I, I hate that term, personal growth. But I mean, sure. it, it, I think we all know what it means, right? But it, only because it's overused, I feel like, right? But, but right, to, to move forward, to expand yourself, for them to expand themselves, for life to yeah. move forward. That, that is a higher purpose. And that will always be served. And to have faith in the fact that that will happen. And it, uh, that is so important. I often tell people that too. Like, look, especially if I'm meeting with both people, right? I'm not here to save your marriage. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, that's not my job. First of all, I couldn't if I wanted to. Second of all, mm -hmm. I don't even know if we should, yeah. right? I'm and not even sure it's what yeah. should be happening. But I do know that if you, if we can work our way through this, you'll look back on this and be grateful that it happened, whether it was that it stayed together or that you split up. But you'll look back and you'll say, something was gained. Something you know? was gained. We and became that's what aware I'm working of something towards. deeper. Yeah, there's something. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you just said something. This is this is a tangent, but but yeah. I've always but but this is a this is a key difference between my wife and I. Okay. I believe you and I are similar. I don't know about your wife, but the, but but anyway, let me let me yeah. let me lay it out. All right. I have a, uh, I come from a, a, a split parents, yeah. so I spent my whole life thinking that marriage is a thing that can end and will end. And my parents are still great friends. They were always good friends. So it wasn't even a, it wasn't even an ugly split. It's like, oh, people who mm -hmm. like each other and get along can even split. So, <laughs> right. so I was born into the world that that marriages break up. You know that that relationships yeah. are are inherently fragile things. My wife. Uh, and my parents were, the relationship was always pretty nice, you know, even, even though it split. My wife's uh, family, there, there's a lot more dynamic to it. There's a lot more back and forth. And, but, but they're still together. And so she sees it as no matter what happens, the bond is the bond. Yeah. Right? And this is just an interesting subject for me because, because to me, the fact that I see it as fragile and that it's allowed to fall apart in any moment wakes me up to the fact that I need to stay engaged in defending it and building it and looking at myself and challenging myself and challenging my wife. Like, I'll see a problem. I say, if this problem doesn't get solved, it will end because I will end it, right? Yeah. I know right. that I will walk or I know that I'll self-destruct it in some way if I don't solve this. So this has to be solved. So to me accepting the fact that it can dissolve keeps me in it but to my wife knowing that it can't dissolve is what keeps her in it yeah isn't that funny yeah and i just didn't know if you cool. had any thoughts on that because i i feel like you've said to me like that you could like you're fully aware that the that the whole thing could after 25 years it could dissolve tomorrow Absolutely. You know, this comes down to a, a deep spiritual thing that I share many times, and I, have, again, have videos about it. And, you know, I live on the principle of uncertainty. Like, that's where I, I try to live there. In other words, I, I use silly examples like I'm driving home from a hard day's work and, and I'm thinking about the cookies that my wife made and, you know, the night before or something is silly or my daughter made or whatever. And, and, I, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get one of those cookies when I get home. Wait a minute, mister. They could have all be gone when you get, you know, stupid, silly little thing, right? But mm -hmm. I work on even at that level. Like I, I will try not to assume that I'm going to show up at home and have some cookies available, right? I do the same thing 
when it comes to my marriage, for sure. And and what I what I perceive as a healthy way, you know. I think I think I don't know if I've ever really discussed this with my wife exactly. I think she might lean a little more towards your wife's prerogative, funny enough. You know, like that's where she gets her strength by thinking, Oh no, no, this can't go anywhere, so therefore I have to So we better fix it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. For me, it's like I think I'm more like we're again. It's just a it's just an orientation I have to life, and that's only because I think you know anybody who's living aware enough has to see that that's just the way that life is. It's filled with uncertainty. So better, you know. I don't live. I live in that realm of faith, or I try to, right? Like I, I'm fairly comfortable there, you know. And so I do that with my wife for sure, just to bring it back to relationships. Um, and I do, I find it extremely precious because of that reason. That's, to me, that's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's precious because it's fragile, like you're saying, or something like that. And I don't really see it as fragile, funny enough. I think our relationship after 20, well, it's definitely been 25 years that we had a relationship. It's pretty stable, but I get careful. I, be, I try to be careful about, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to just, you don't want to just uh, assume, assume everything's always going to be great, but... Yeah, it shows up in ways like even in the movies we like. Like I'll enjoy watching a Woody Allen movie because you're seeing all the insecurities bubbled up and everyone's <laughs> neuroses and everything's <laughs> falling apart. And I like to study like how how do things fall apart? What are the? I mean, those movies are famous for a reason. People must relate to these neuroses or these these sides sure. of, of yeah. so so. What's it look like? What are the mechanics? And and so let me let me learn to spot them ahead of time. My wife doesn't even want to watch that movie. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't like watching people um, just able to be so self-involved to to even let themselves go down that path. Right. Maybe she's not that self-involved, and to her, it's like foreign territory. I think I am that self-involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's okay. So I can defeat my own self-importance. Let me watch what it's going to look like when it happens so I can right. have some ammunition against it or so I know, so I at least know my adversary myself, right. you know, so I know myself as an adversary. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. Sure. You know, I, anyway, I, I just was curious. Yeah. Cause I had never asked you about, about it. Yeah. I, I know, live in the uncertainty thing- principle like you. I, I think I, I just, I, I just think I wake up, I say, I don't know if tomorrow's coming. So that's it. You know, after I thought about the cookie, I'll be thinking about what if I die in a car accident right now? (laughs) Me too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, not in some morbid way, but just as a check, just as a reality check. It could happen. What's that mean? It could happen. Like, are you ready? In a weird way, that's kind of how I feel. You know, Every time uh, my kids go out the door, did I say goodbye to them in a way where if I don't see them, you know, it it doesn't work me up. I don't get all uh, wish-washy. I just check myself. Because sometimes I'm distracted. Yeah, 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 bye. No, yeah. no, no, no. Stop. Goodbye. I'll miss right. you. I'll see, you. I'll see you later, you know. Right. Same thing with, with, uh, with my wife and things. Like, uh, it just keeps you on check, I think. I think so, yeah. Keeping uncertainty right in front of your face, I think, is a... I think it's an important thing. I really do. Again, um, I think one of the things I, when I talked about it in a video was uh, about COVID. You know, this shocked so many people and it was so hard and all this sort of stuff was because of all the uncertainty that it brought. And it really didn't affect me that way. And part of that is because I just kind of live there. So, like, it's not that surprising. I mean, it's surprising, but I don't know. I'm just more comfortable in that place of uncertainty because I've cultivated that. I mean, it's not like something that I've always had. You know, it is something that I actually have consciously worked on cultivating. So... And he's not lying to you, everyone, because he was here when it happened. That's right. I was in Cal. I was freaking two thousand miles away from my poor family while it was all going down. That, yeah, that was the only happened. Part. You were we were out in the yeah. patio loading in supplies. Um, yeah, <laughs> and my wife commented on because because we didn't know that things were going to lock down, but but there was no. uh, stress in the air and and. And there was stuff happening in the house, and, and my wife was like, "Maybe now's not the right time to have Adrian come." And I'm like, ah, come on, you know, me, the eternal <laughs> right. optimist. Uh, and then, but when you were there, she says, you know, I thought it would be stressful having you here, but your presence is actually quite reassuring mm. because you just take it all in stride. You, you're actually quite comfortable in this uncertainty. Yeah, that was so sweet when she said that. I, I do remember that too. Only because it, it touched me, you know, I, I, I felt. 
I was so grateful to be there, even though I was sad to be away from my family. But I mean, you guys were such great hosts for that whole thing that to hear that I could contribute something to like that was, uh, I don't know, it meant a lot to me when she said that. I want to go on another tangent because we're talking about uncertainty. Yeah, like a lot of people get in a relationship and then of course the relationship invariably gets very difficult. It sucks, right? <laughs> right. And so then maybe it sucks too much and they leave and they go start again. And you would think that that's plunging themselves back into uncertainty, but it's the opposite. They're plunging themselves back into certainty. They're going yes. back into the pattern that they know. I know how to start dating someone. I know how to meet someone. I know how to flirt. I know about all of the first, uh, okay, make out things. I know how to do all this. I know how to put on my best face for a while. I can, I can, uh, I can, I can get someone to fall in love with my potential, you know, until they meet my reality. I can do all that. And in and in the um, and until in the, it takes you to your limit, until it takes you to your limit. But that's what yeah. a marriage does: is it takes you to your limit, and then once you reach your limit, once you reach your limit, it's all unknown territory after that's that. That's it, right? If you want to really investigate uncertainty and variety, and because everyone says, "Oh, marriage, you don't have any more variety." No, that wow. kind of variety, the the variety you get by being a single guy and maybe uh, meeting a bunch of women, uh, you know. It's not variety after a while. It's just not. Yeah. No, of course. I, I it used to. I mean, I just remember being single, and and you know maybe I'd meet someone. I'm like, oh, this is really nice. And then, but as things played out, I would have a feeling of deja vu. It's like I've been here before. Oh yeah. And not once. Like I've been here a couple times. And I. Right. Like and you almost like it. You kind of get like, ah. In marriage, I've never been here a couple times. <laughs> I'm always in new territory. We've, I mean, uh, you guys have been together for almost 25. We've been married for just over 10. Uh, every year is a new year. Yeah. And some of it will feel very familiar. I mean, you know, redundant, if you will. But but because it's, again, you know why? It's because it's, it's depth, not breadth, right? I mean, yes. like... That's what's happening that over and over when you stay in the same place, though. Like, I always talk about the drill, or maybe we do together. I can't remember if you've said it before, too, but it's like a drill bit, right? Like, you're drilling into something. But if you're moving the drill bit all over, you're not going to get deep, right? you got to keep yeah. that drill bit in the same place and find your and way keep down. Pushing. Yeah, keep and pushing. Keep, yeah, keep pushing. Yeah, gently. <laughs> gently. Right. But, but it, gently. Yeah, but if you, if you keep it in the same place, that's how you get deep. That's a really good... No, I, I've never heard you say that, but that's a, that's a beautifully eloquent metaphor i think oh cool yeah it's um it, anyway i i just think that if you want true variety if you want if you want real if you want a real adventure yeah commit to one person yeah there's an adventure i agree you don't have to it's just that you know and again that's what's yeah. that's what's interesting too right i mean this conversation is definitely the wrong conversation for some people <laughs> They're they're not interested at that mm -hmm. you know they're not interested in the depth right so you know what I mean thus the sincere seeker the you know the humble and hopeful you know what I mean like like this it's but if you want that if you're looking for depth if you want to experience life at a deeper level yourself at a deeper level what it means to relate on all levels uh, nothing better than a marriage or or a committed partnership however you want to place that right I mean. That's pretty much what you said that at word. the wedding. That's what you said yeah, at the wedding. I'm Embrace the you, suck. I'm telling you, it's because I... <laughs> Embrace, Embrace the, suck. the suck. Exactly. No, I, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't agree. And again, here's the funny thing, right? Like, here it's been 25 years. In so many ways, my wife and I's marriage is better than it's ever been. I can honestly say that. You know, my, my daughter often says... I don't know how you and mom ever got married. You're so different, right? And then I don't know how you've managed to stay married. You know, she'll, she'll say that to me laughing most of the time. But not, and I'll tell her like, not, not to sound arrogant here or anything, honey, but not only are we still married, we're still happily married. We're still healthily married. That, that's a real achievement. What a difference that is. It's a big difference. Not, and by the way, just to make sure it's clear, David, there have been at least two times in our marriage that it almost wasn't, you know, like that divorce was seriously on that sort of, you know, horizon, if you will, or you could almost see it, you know, so, so we've been Everyone gets close. There. Everyone yeah, I think gets so. There. I think you have think to get so. there. I know. It's like the conversation last time, right? 
Like you have to have that polarity. You have to have that friction. Yeah, everything's going to grow until you get right to the edge of, of like, okay, we're really there. And maybe maybe you need to see where that edge is. Maybe yeah. you need to see where the edge is to push you into growth. Of course. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Because it sucks, we don't go running there. <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's not super pleasant. We're not like seeking it out and like, a tra- you know, so we kind of have to be pushed no. there. You, you know? Yeah. You yeah. kind of have to be pushed there. And, and thankfully, it works that way. Again, that comes back down to the opposites thing. Like the differences don't go away. My wife is still different from me. Now, I have implemented some of her, you know, some of her nests, mm-hmm. if you will, and she has mm-hmm. done the same for sure. But those differences are not going to go away, nor should they, if we embrace this whole thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, that was one of the things that when I asked my wife about what sucks about marriage, she kind of, she's like, well, and she kind of says what we're saying. I mean, she wrapped it up much more succinctly she goes well everything that kind of sucks is really good about it you know like she's she's like she goes it was really hard for me to learn my own limitations and the limitations of my perspective she goes and and to see things through your eyes or or to or to understand that there's things in my blind that i have blind spots yeah you know she'll say i was prideful and it was it took me a long time but but because because of what we've been through and repetition of, of reaching that wall. Yes, exactly. Yep. It, it takes beating it over and over and over again. And that's, that's one, of the, one of the things I said to her about, here's one, one practical, just to bring it right back down to the ground level about one thing that happens in marriage is that, like I said, prison on purpose, you're, you're in it with somebody for a long time. And so your life is built out of everything that repeats. And when mm. good things repeat, what happens? We take it for granted. Yeah. Right? When the same problem repeats, what happens? It's like poking an open wound. Right? Yeah. Bec- there can be, you know, 99% of your body can be in great shape. But if there's a hole <laughs> in 1% of it, <laughs> right. and someone's poking a salty stick into that hole, <laughs> you're screaming. Ow. You're screaming. Right. And so the problems you have usually fall into the same territory. Those oh, yeah. problems never fully get addressed um, because your differences persist, and it's so it's constant effort. And but the problems just become more and more sore because they keep getting poked, and all the stuff that's going well you forget because you can just take it for granted because it, because it's so easy. It just it goes invisible. It disappears because it's so automatic. You know. So is there ever a time that the poking with the salt stick ends? I don't know that it ends, and I don't know that it would or should ever end. However, what makes it okay is that there's always progress. Yeah. So I think that's a metaphor for life in general, right? I don't believe in the ends. I just believe in the means. Right. Right? And and so I think that it's the same in marriage. Are, Are you... Does anyone ever bridge all of their differences into perfect harmony? I mean, into perfect harmony, maybe, but unison? No. Right. right? No. Right. 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 There's right. a difference between harmony and unison, right? So, so um, uh, we are not the same. So there's always a difference, but we're but we've learned how to harmonize our differences much better. And yes, it's a challenge. And yes, we're imperfect at it. And yes, it's it's. Uh, anything that's been with us as a as a challenge has been with us since the beginning, and everything that was easy with us has been easy with us since the beginning. And so I don't know that it ends. It ends enough. I think the sensation. Uh, the yeah, reason yeah. I po- I'm calling you out a little bit because you it, it was gruesome, first of all. <laughs> and, but it's fine. I mean, it, there is a reality to that. But I think eventually the salt falls off the stick. The stick becomes a cotton swab or something, right? Meaning that. Um, yeah. The sensation of it, if that makes any sense, right, uh, shifts a bit and becomes more tolerable, if that makes any sense. I don't know if I like that word, but and, and, and you can even appreciate it to some degree. Like, I remember the things that were so different about my wife and I that were so painful uh, for so many years. Too. There's some of these things that were really, really painful for a long time. That, I mean, that's how you get to the place where you're thinking about divorce, right? I mean, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. like this, usually. So... Some of those things, they still occur now, right? But they're not as painful. 
they're agree. not right right you I know agree. what i mean like I, I know and i'm not trying to you know but i'm just saying so so it's important i don't want to get too discouraging here for people either right it's, it's not as painful it still hurts to some degree but i'm very familiar with that pain if you will too i know the value of it because usually it, it, it it's a trigger to remind me right of something so i go ooh, god i'm getting a little too caught up in myself or my own needs or wants or you know these sorts of things right so i can i can and it doesn't sting quite as much as it used to thank god Right. I don't think anybody can sustain that kind of level of like when it reaches, you know what I mean? Like too much well, pain yeah. is too much, obviously. But the, but the thing is, the fact that there's progress, uh, it just relieves so much of the pain because you don't need life is progress. There's, there's no end to any goal you right. have. You don't arrive. Where do you arrive? You know, well, we know no... where you I always say this. You know where the end is. It's death. So what are you rushing towards, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's the hurry? You know how it ends. So, you know. Yeah, and and until it ends, that there's no shortage of territory to explore. Right? That right. there's 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 no end, like you said, there's no end to the depth. I think last time we talked, you said there's no end yeah. to beauty, there's no end to the depth, there's no end to there's no end to the pain. There's no end to any of it uh, until the end. But I disagree. But I, so, yeah, see that's the thing. There is an end to pain. That's what's kind of interesting. I don't mean to contradict, but there is an end to pain. Where there end isn't suffering. an end to truth. It, yeah, yeah, death. Whether it's death of the relationship, death yeah, of the yeah, body, yeah. whatever, right? But that's the cool thing. When it comes to beauty and truth and these sorts of, uh, I, you know you, you know what I mean? Uh, transcend, transcendent qualities, there's no end to them, which is really beautiful. Like they, I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but that's a, anyways, that's a common spiritual thing. Like... There is no end to those things. Where there is an end to suffering and there is an end to, you know. Yeah, I mean, just just practically, the fact that progress on any issue is happening makes it okay. Right. And and, and then and then, and it's good that it's a, it's good that progress is is out over time because then you have time to think. Well, is this her job to fix, or is this my job to fix, or is it neither? Yeah. Does anything need to be fixed? Right. What, like, <laughs> like the the fact that the fact that these these challenges occur over over a longer arc it, it brings the depth because you have time to ask those questions. You have time to explore. Okay, she's given some progress to this issue. Yeah. My turn. What can I do? Or what what? How do I meet her halfway on this? Yeah. Ooh, that's a big ask. Okay, can I do it? Let's see. <laughs> Right. You know, let's see. What do I have to do? What do I have to let go of to to do that? You know, right? What do I have to do? And I so so I, I guess I don't the 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 suffering goes away. It's, it's not that the issue doesn't have some the issue any issue like because there's, there's if you're married there's there's going to be a, a collection of them of these things yep. right? So because you're different people right? You're not like I said you're in harmony. You're not in unison, and and so. Anytime one of these issues come up, I, I think that the marriage dies if progress dies. But if I there's agree progress, then your yeah. marriage is alive. And if there's progress, your marriage is happy. Because that fuels hope. It fuels faith. Right. It's a lot easier to have faith if you see things moving forward. Yeah, that's true. And that's where a lot of people get stuck, right? Because they're not seeing that. But again, back to your time, you know? Have you given it enough time? Now, you can't just sit around and wait, like you said, too. It's, you know, faith doesn't mean just sit on your laurels, obviously, right? I mean, <laughs> no. it, but it just, it's just having that. I, I, the thing that I share was faith slash hope, right? Faith is the act of believing. Hope is, is the act, is actually doing something towards this thing that's yet to be seen. That's how I feel about it. Those are my little definitions for the difference between faith and hope, right? Faith is just the, it goes from the head to the heart. Where you're feeling it, and then hope is the actual taking some sort of action. You know, that step into vulnerability is what it would be, right? To I, actually, I reverse those two. I always think of hope as the, well, I hope it works, and faith is an action. I always think well, of faith a, as an action. It's just, yeah, it could be yeah. a choice. I mean, that's just a, a term. Mine's right? more a correct definition. than yours. Mine's more correct. Well, I mean, sure. obviously, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's because my posture is much more humble than yours, so therefore I can accept the fact. <laughs> but my orientation is superior. I'm serving the better God. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad could beat your dad up. I'm going to tell you right now. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway. All right, we could continue this whole train and, and go up for another hour, <laughs> giving each other shit. Um, no. So it's getting late here. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. So on our next episode, now that we've now that we've said one hundredth of what needs to be said about marriage, <laughs> right? Our next conversation for the wrong conversation is going to be your empathy is a problem. Mm. That's a good one. Could have fallen right into this conversation, funny enough, too, about marriage. Well, David, it's been fun as usual. We'll see you next week. All right, man. Go enjoy your marriage. <laughs>Hello again, everyone. This is David, if you haven't guessed by now. And if you're hearing this, that means you have listened through to this entire episode. And so on behalf of Adrian and myself, we say thank you for listening, and we hope that it provided some value for you. If you are enjoying these podcasts, you can play a very important role in keeping them coming. You can subscribe, share us with your friends, and perhaps the most helpful thing you can do right now is to leave us a review. Podcasts like this live or die by these small acts of kindness and support that only you can give. And we are not too proud to ask. If you'd like to stay up to date with the show, become part of our growing family, as well as receive some extra special bonus goodies, please sign up on our mailing list. We won't take over your inbox and we try not to send out anything without a little something extra in it for you. There is a link where you can do that on the header section of our website, thewrongconversationpodcast.com. For the video lovers out there, don't forget that you can always watch the show on YouTube. Again, thank you for helping us get this humble little show off the ground. We really enjoy doing it and the opportunity it gives us to make a connection with you. So thank you for being a part of this. It's why we do it.